You know, I've spent a lot of my life trying to avoid chaos. I, I don't know if you're like that, but I see a lot of chaos around me, and I just, I want to keep a distance, okay? I live on a farm. Why? I'm trying to, you know, create some boundaries, you know, keep the chaos out. But the Lord, I've found, has continued to call me into things that feel like chaos. And what I want you to hear this morning is what the Lord has shown me over and over is the rewards are worth it. The rewards are worth what He calls you into. And I find that He always gives me grace. One of the things that He called me into is, is ministry. Now, I've been a part of the church throughout my life, but I did not want to pastor because I had seen the chaos that goes on in churches. If you've been around the church, you've probably seen some of the chaos that goes around in churches. And so I was like, no, no, Lord. But He... He made me. <laughs> he put me in a place where it's like uh, I, I had to give. And so I stepped into it. And I want you to hear this. You know what happened? My worst fears. That's what happened. But I want you to hear this. I would do it all over again. I'd do it all over again because of the rewards that come. He will give you grace. The things that you fear, if He calls you into it, He will give you grace and the rewards will be so good that you will say, I will do it again. You know, you've probably heard of like church splits and stuff like that. People complaining about the color of the carpet or the song that's being sung, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, in my first year here, we were in a position where we were forced to ask a leader to step down, and I got to tell you what happened from that was chaos. Absolute chaos. And the next thing I know, I've got people that I've poured my heart into. I've sat in their living room and prayed with them, and they're calling me a dictator. They're calling me Hitler. They're calling me a wolf. And these are people I still see today, okay? And I know about it. But you know what? I hear this. God gave me a grace. And I'm okay. I, so far, I have not knocked out anybody. So far. Hasn't happened. In my mind, yes. But it hasn't happened. God has given me a grace. And what has come from that? What has come from that is fruit. Not because of me, but because of God. But, but you got to hear this. You have to say yes. You know, I, I mean, the story of, of Chris and Tammy, how many fears had to be there to travel to another country and to go through all of that, but yet know that God was calling them. And there are other people who have been through similar things, you know, and I talked about this before. When God started calling us into adoption, I had all kinds of fears because here's the thing, you hear the bad stuff. Do you not? You always hear, when you hear about churches, what do you hear? The good stuff? Not mostly. It's the, the bad stuff that people spread. <laughs> you know, they don't tell you about how God was moving a lot of times. They say, oh, did you hear about that, what happened over there? And we get all excited, right? And we want to spread it. See, we don't want to be involved in the chaos, but sometimes our flesh, we like to talk about it. We, we like to talk about other people's chaos. And so that's the stuff that gets spread. And here's what I want you to hear about that. That's the enemy, okay? And part of the reason the enemy does 
does that is because he wants to keep you in a place where you're not entering in and making a difference in other people's lives. And he's telling you things like it's chaos and you just need to protect yourself and you need to stay out of it. But you know what? Every time that I've stepped in, you know, I mean, now uh, stepping in, I mean, our daughter, I can't tell you the joy that happens. I mean, when I see her, there's something that happens in my heart. It just, mmm, and it brings life. And I can't imagine uh, life without her. I mean, she, she, if you've been around her, she has such a personality and you never know what's going to come out. And it makes life exciting. And I think about life before that, and I'm like, man, that was so boring. You know, we were starting to get into this boring place that people want to go to. Our kids are out of grade school and all that, and things are starting to level out. And, you know, most people are like, yeah, that's the place I want to be. No, thank you. You know what? I thought that was life, but it's not. I want to be in the midst of life. And the midst of life is in the place that the enemy wants you to think is absolute chaos. But I want to tell you, that's where you will find life. I want to go to Scripture this morning. And the Scripture we're going to go to is about a person who is in that position. They were in a position where um, they had a peaceful life. A peaceful life. And the Lord comes to them and says, I want you to go into the lion's den and I want you to say some things and I'm going to move and I'm going to do some miracles and I'm going to save people and you're going to be the head of the spear. And the person that was being told this is like, whoa, whoa. I've got it pretty good where I'm at. I'm not the guy for the job. Get somebody else. And as we're going to go through this scripture, I'm not going to, you'll see that it's uh, in Exodus chapters 3 and 4. I'm not going to read every word of it. We're going to bounce through, and what you're going to see in it is that this person over and over is like, not me, God, not me, God. And I tell you, I've been that person so many times. I mean, again, the Lord called me into pastoring when I was a young guy, actually. And at the time I said yes, but then later I said no, and then I said no, and then I said no, and then I said no. And then I'm on the ground and I'm like, okay, I give, I'll say yes. And that's what I found with this guy, and I'm betting I'm not the only one. I'm betting the person that we're going to look at in Scripture this morning is not the only one. I'm thinking that maybe you're in that place. You're thinking, I want a comfortable life. I don't want to step into the chaos. I'm telling you, that is where life is at. And you will survive it. You will not only survive it, you will thrive in the midst of it. Because what it will do, it will cause you to lean into the Lord. And He will give you grace. And when you feel that grace, uh, there's nothing like it, and and you're going to want more of it. You're going to taste and see that the Lord is good, just like Chris was talking about. All right, we're going to be in the book of Exodus, beginning in chapter 3. I'm going to read a little bit about this just to kind of get us going, but then after that, we're going to bounce through a little bit, and you're going to hear some of the replies. So the person we're talking about is Moses. And as we enter this chapter, where you find him is in the wilderness. He's in the wilderness, and he's tending sheep. 
He's got a family, okay? But, but he is away from the chaos. Now, he was raised in the chaos. He was raised the, the son of Pharaoh's daughter, okay? Powerful nation. He was raised among all this wealth and privilege. Um, but about the time that he got to be 40 years old, there was some stirrings going on in him, and he reacted. What he did was he stepped into a situation uh, because his people, which were the Hebrews, that's who he is, okay? Even though he's the son of Pharaoh's daughter, he was adopted, okay? But, but who he really is, is he is, he's a Hebrew. And so he sees his people being oppressed. Now he's kind of out of it. He's been adopted, he's out of it, but he's seeing this stuff going on and there's this stirring happening. And so he steps in and he does something and he ends up taking the life of the Egyptian. And because of that, he ends up on the run and he has to leave Egypt at 40 years old and he goes to the wilderness. Now in the wilderness, the Lord takes care of him. The Lord provides a family for him. He has a wife. He has children. He stays out there 40 years. So what we're about to read, he's 80 years old. He's been living in peace for 40 years, tending sheep, thinking he's got it good, and then God steps in. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Don't come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I've certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering, so I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. The land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Look. The cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Egypt. Verse 11, but Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? Now did you hear that? There are people crying out to God. God, rescue us. God, we need you. God, we need you. God is ready to answer it. How's he going to do it? Through the angel? Well, the angel's the messenger. But who's he going to do it through? People. He's going to through, through. hear this. Right now, there are people all over the world that are crying out. God, help us. God, 
help us right now in this nation that we live in. The cries are reaching a point that I haven't heard before. God, help us. Help us. Listen, God may send an angel to give a message, but he's not going to do the work through the angel. He's going to do the work through the people. You know, I don't know the statistics either, but Chris was alluding to it, and I've heard some of it before. If the church stepped up and took in every orphan in our country anyway, just the American church is all I'm talking about here right now, like all of us wouldn't have to take anybody in. I think it was like one in three or maybe less. I can't, I can't remember now. I heard so many. But it's something like that. Boom, it's gone. It's, it's taken care of. God is calling us. He commanded us. James, the scripture was shared. Go and make a difference. Okay? So I'm not saying what your part is. I don't know. But what I'm saying is be open. Because that's where God had to take me. I had to reach a place where I was open. Because of some of my fears, I said, no way. I don't want any part of that. But I had to step in. Right now in our nation... We have all kinds of people that are rising up and they want to squash God's people. They want to absolutely squash God's people. They want to remove the ways of God from being taught. The ways of God from being taught in in schools and whatever. They want it removed. How is that going to change? The only way is it going to change is if we as God's people say, I'm going to do my part. Now, now you can't rescue it all, okay? You, you, you can't, but you, you can do something. I, I want you to hear this. You know who God is calling Moses to go talk to? A political leader. Whoa! God doesn't get involved in those things. Have you read your Bible? God absolutely gets involved in those things. Now I want you to hear this. We as a church aren't going to sit around and talk about political issues in the sense of, you know, the government's role in this or what's better here. But you know what we are going to talk about? We're going to talk about delivering God's people. And when it comes to the ways of God and moral issues, that's, that's our place. That is not the place of some political leader. That is our place. And so God is calling us, what can we do? Well, here's one thing we can do. This is crazy. I, I was listening to these statistics, and I've heard this before. You know, I've heard people say, you know, get out and vote, that kind of thing. Like, less than half of the church, people who claim to follow God are even registered, okay? And if this is you, I'm talking to you right now, okay? Less than half are even registered, okay? Now, of those that are even registered, an even smaller percentage actually go do anything. And then those that go do anything, some of them aren't voting according to what Scripture says. They're voting according to what they think is going to do them best financially or whatever. Listen, right now we have people that absolutely want to squash the people of God. Um, they want to take lives of innocent. They want to teach sexual perversion um, and sexual immorality to, to young kids and, and lead things into chaos. This is absolute oppression. What's the least that we can do? The least that we can do is look for people that are going to stand against that and go do something about it. Now, there are other ways that God might call us to get involved. But again, where I've been in the past, I've been kind of like, I just want to stay away. God will somehow take care of it. I'm going to pray about it. 
Great, pray about it. Absolutely pray about it. But as you read Scripture, what you will find, okay, these people were crying out to God. God help us. God help us. He decides to move. How does he move? He goes and speaks to someone and says, do something. But God, I'm not the guy. I I mean, have you ever felt that? God, I'm not the person. (laughs) That's not my gifting. I mean, I told that uh, to God about doing this very thing right here. This isn't my gifting, you know. I'm not the guy for that. Well, great. Then if God is able to use me, it will be all glory to him because I'm obviously not the guy. It's the same thing for you. Whatever God calls you to, he's going to call you to things that you're like, I don't think I'm that person. Scripture records Moses as being absolutely humble, most humble man on the earth at that time. That was who God was looking for. But the problem was Moses didn't believe he could do it. But what God had to tell him over and over is, listen, Moses, it's not up to you. It's up to God doing it. I just need you to surrender. But Moses is wanting to avoid chaos. He has all these fears. And so he's saying in verse 11, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people out of Egypt? God's going to give him everything that he needs. He goes on from here. And again, I'm not going to read all of this, but he goes on to telling him um, all the great and mighty things that God has done and what he's going to do. And he's saying, listen, you're going to go to these elders, these leaders of Israel. You're going to speak to them. You're going to tell them who I am and they are going to listen to you. I just need you to obey. I need you to trust and I need you to go do this. Over in chapter 4, verse 1, Moses says this, but Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me and or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? I totally get this. I don't know about you. I mean, the enemy speaks this kind of stuff to me all the time. And I imagine things playing out in the worst possible way. Have you ever done that? You ever gone through the scenario and like you somehow end up in a ditch or in prison or something and you're like, I'm not stepping into that. There's no way. You know, for instance, right now, another thing that that many of you know that Lord's called me to is to be involved in law enforcement. I didn't want to be involved in that. First of all, you're involved with political people. I've seen that stuff go sideways all the time. And you know what? I've encountered some of that. And you know what God did? Once again, he gave me the grace and he worked through it. And you know what? The rewards have been worth it. But I could let the enemy tell me all kinds of things because I've seen it on the TV. Have you seen an officer being sent to jail because he tried to stand up and, and help somebody? I've seen that. And so the Lord's telling me, you need to get away from this chaos. You don't want to be stepping into other people's chaos because if you do, they might turn around and try to crucify you. Well, I don't know what the answer is. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. I don't know. I just know that God has provided for me every step of the way. And that when I step into what he step, calls me to step into, he can make a difference. He can make a difference in people's lives in ways that I wouldn't have an opportunity to any other way. And here's another thing that, that the, the, the enemy has convinced me of. 
He tries to convince me that within these certain organizations, there's nobody that follows God in those organizations. That they're all just against God, and if you step in there, you're going to get crucified. And I'll never forget here, a few months ago, I go to this, um, this new chief's training up in Illinois, and it's led by the leaders, the political leaders of, of Illinois who are over law enforcement. And I'm like getting prepared, and I'm like, okay. I'm about to step into the lion's den. These are all going to be a bunch of God haters and, you know, it's, it's going to be ugly and, and all that. They start having these main speakers start sharing. Over and over, I hear these guys get up and share scripture and share the ways of God. And I'm like, in the right state? This is Illinois. I mean, you hear what I'm saying? I mean... When it comes to states, we're like the leading three or four about, you know, trying to go against the ways of God. What's going on? I thought everybody who, you know, had any kind of position or anything was against God. That's baloney. That's baloney. These people were sharing, the, not, not everyone, but there were people there doing it. And what God was showing me is that I'm believing baloney. There are people in all these organizations that love God and they're working for God and God can do something. Here's part of the problem of Moses. He likes his peaceful life and he doesn't actually believe God can change anything. Do you believe that God can change things right here where we're at? I mean, seriously, and you, you don't have to answer me out loud, but in your heart. Because I'll be honest with you, I've struggled with that over the last few years, and God has shown me I haven't really believed. I've said it, but I haven't really believed. But i got to tell you, I don't know what he's going to do, but God is moving me to a place I know he can do it. But I must be willing to step in. And so Moses protests a second time. Uh, and then God goes through and he gives him these miracles. Okay, you're going to, you know, hold this stick up. It's going to become a snake. You're going to stick your hand in, you know, it's going to be leprosy and then it's not. I mean, he gives us all these things. And then Moses gets to verse 10. The guy's persistent. Moses pleaded with the Lord, Oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I've never been and I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue tied and my words get tangled. And the Lord says to him, who makes a person's mouth? Uh, who decides whether people speak or don't speak? Hear or don't hear? See or don't see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will be with you as you speak. Verse 13. But Moses again pleaded, Lord, please send anyone else. The Lord gives him somebody else and he gets mad at him. Here's the point of the story. Moses goes, and for those of you who know the story, God does the miracles, and you know what he does? He sets his people free. He delivers his people in a miraculous way. God will move in the miraculous, but he's not going to do it if we don't obey. When we obey and we move forward, we see the miraculous. When we just pray and we don't say yes, we don't see it. We don't see it. God will still make things happen, but you know who's going to see it? The other person that said yes. So here's the question. What's God asking you right now? And maybe he's prepping your heart. Maybe he's getting ready to ask you, and that's what this message is about. I don't know. But God needs to move. God wants 
to move through you. He doesn't need to, but he, want, he wants you involved. But in order for you involved, you've got to say yes. You've got to be willing to step into things that you see as chaotic, that you've been trying to protect yourself from, because many times that's the place where the joy that you've been craving and the life you've been craving, it's actually found. It's always found in the Lord, but the Lord wants to lead you into places. And, and that, that's part of the reason you have fears is because the enemy has placed those fears in you for those places so that you will stay away because he doesn't want you to experience that life. I'm praying you'll step in. God, you've called.